Welcome to the Reluctant Messenger podcast, where we discuss spiritually transformative events, encounters with angels and guides, out-of-body explorations, and much more. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel. You can find links on my website at candacesanderson.com. Today, I am sharing an experience from a crystal bowl meditation at Mystical Moon, led by shop owner Laurie Baracco. My friend Maria and I went to the meditation. It was our first time to attend this event at the store. We were the first to arrive, and after registering, we were instructed to draw a card from a deck of oracle cards that were scattered on a table face down. We also were to choose a small polished stone. They were all jasper. And we were to hold that stone during the crystal bowl meditation. So we picked a card, a stone, and we went to the back of the store where the meditation would start in about 25 minutes. We found a couple of chairs and made ourselves comfortable. I looked at the card I had just drawn. Over the years of using oracle cards, I've learned how appropriate and how important they can be, so I was very eager to see what mine was. The words on the top of the card were valiant courage, taking action with passion. I thought how appropriate this card is considering what had happened earlier that week at a Chico's clothing store that ended up going into lockdown. You can find that episode. It's called Life Lessons at Chico's. It's learning how to reframe life when you are in a very uncomfortable situation, whether you feel threatened Uh, your life might be in danger, or any other high anxiety situation. My card showed a man riding a horse, and I had another thought. Just the day before, I had bought a dozen new three-inch tall plastic horses and unicorns that I had given to my granddaughters. I have this beautiful, large, lifelike, detailed toy barn with eight stalls and a fenced corral. When the grandkids come over, the first thing we do is pull the barn out, all the fences and the dozens of horses. They've outgrown the wooden castle that we used to use for princesses, and we've now converted that into another stable. We have so much fun. So seeing a horse on the card seemed quite appropriate, and it brought a smile to my face. Horses have always been important to me, including bringing that passion to my grandchildren. I tucked the card away, and I slipped off my shoes. And as soon as I did and my feet hit the ground, I felt very strong energy coming up from the ground. The tingles on the sole of my feet moved up through my body, through my legs, 
my entire body had this wonderful feeling. And I, I love it when this happens because those tingles throughout my body tell me that I'm tapping into the energy of the room, especially when I am at an event like at Mystical Moon. In a place like that, the room not only contains present day energy, but the energy from all of the years that Mystical Moon has been established. It's very sacred. As I felt the energy, I knew that I was connecting to this field energy that surrounds us. And I knew that my awareness was expanding and I was connecting to those surrounding frequencies. Not surprisingly, things started to occur. So I took out my journal and began writing. I felt something overhead and it felt so real that I actually looked up in the 3D thinking that something was flying around me. Then I realized what was happening. I was beginning that transition to an out-of-body state. So now I was in three places. I was the observer. I was the participant. And I was the scribe. So above my head is this group of dark specks circling me. But what were they? When I first entered the room and sat down, I looked around. And on a wall right across from me, there was a large picture of a beautiful dragon. So my first thought was, oh, I bet those are dragons flying in a circle above me. So I wondered if that 3D picture had triggered a 5D experience. Or even worse, I thought, hmm, maybe I'm just making this up. So after all these years, that old doubt often creeps into my experiences. But you know, that's fine with me because it keeps me on my toes. But whatever these dark winged creatures were so far above my head, I just couldn't make them out. They just looked like specks to me. It was easier to feel them, to feel their presence, than to actually see them. They were so far above that they were probably circling the entire city of Bonita Springs. But I knew that they were there for me. They started dropping lower, and I knew I could feel their focus on me. Soon, I felt them buzzing around the top of my head, and then they dropped below, surrounding my body in a counterclockwise motion. And once they reached just below my feet, they reversed direction. They swept up through the center of my body. This mass swirled out the top of my head and back down again to surround me. But this time, they reversed directions, and they were going in a clockwise motion. As they swarmed around me, they left a trail of thin, dark threads. And with each pass, I became entombed within this cocoon of darkness. My first thought was, this was dark energy. 
And I immediately started taking deep breaths, probably because of anxiety. And as I did, I saw my breath leave my body, just like when I used to be up north in the wintertime. You could see your breath in cold temperatures. My breath came out as thin white strings, and they began to interweave with these black strings. I felt a sense of peace and calm as this now checkerboard pattern of dark and light surrounded me. And then I had this nudge to look closer. So I did. Now that there was lighter colored threads for my breath, I could see the cocoon a little better. And you know what? I was wrong. These were not black threads. Instead, they were iridescent. They were a very deep black purple thread. And I realized that these were made from singular individual barbs of a feather from a crow. The checkerboard colors of black and white continued to swirl around me, and eventually they blended until they became one color. And as that happened, I heard, we are all one. Immediately, I felt as a participant and saw as the observer myself sweep upward in one swift motion as a crow. Yes, I was a crow. It was more than just an observational position. The crow and I were one. Yet I was still there. My essence my spirit, what makes me human. But I could feel and see and sense as a crow. I could feel the air under my wings, the sun on my back, the feel of my bony legs as they tucked under my belly during flight. I was very high in the air And as I looked below, I crossed fields of crops. And the landscape looked like a patchwork quilt from my point of view so far above. As the crow, I zoomed closer when I saw a specific cornfield. As I zoomed in, the kernels of the corn were multicolored. This was maize, what we used to call Indian corn when I grew up. I immediately understood that I had traveled back in time, a time where I once had lived and breathed in another lifetime. This is something that occurs when you've meditated for a while or you've learned to have out-of-body experiences. You receive information in a format that is best described as a knowing. You just know things. You don't know how you know them, but you just know them. So now I knew I am a crow, and I land on a stalk of corn. All I can see are green leaves and a blue sky above me. I am perched securely on a stalk that sways in a relatively stiff breeze. 
my attention moves quickly to the right. I sense it before I see it or hear it, but I know something is occurring. I hear the steady, rapid footsteps of someone running. Then bursting out of the stalks is a 13 or 14-year-old boy. He is bare-chested, wearing buckskin pants. He's in a hurry, but I don't get the impression that he's running from anything. He's just rushing towards something. Within a second, something even stranger occurs. As he passes me, my essence sweeps into him. I am now the boy. I immediately know everything about him. He is the only child of parents who have been deceased for several years. I also know that I can find out how he lost his parents, but I choose not to do so. Let me say something about this. Once we step out of the 3D, time no longer exists like it did before. We can tap into the past. We can tap into the future. Everything happens all at once. And we can choose where to focus our attention. So when I slipped into the body of this young man, I became him just as I had become the crow who had been birthed from the cocoon. As I slipped into this young man's body, I had access to all of his memories. And I knew if I wanted, I could pursue his lineage. I could tap into the memories of his ancestors. When we are in these spaces, we are in sacred territories. Knowledge is abundant. But as this young man, this Chico, and then I had the flash of the experience at Chico's a couple of episodes ago, I knew his grandfather was the local shaman. And this Chico was in training on that very same wisdom path. So as I am learning the way of the crow, I hear the crow say that I have blended with this body, the boy, and have taken this ancient history into my current existence. Again, ancient history and current times are one and the same. My mind immediately goes to my plan at Chico's clothing store while we were in lockdown. The plan, stash my granddaughter where she wouldn't be seen, camouflage her, then throw my body over hers, protection at all costs. Next, these words came. Breathe in, breathe in. Allow the divine energies of the past to bring forth goodness within your heart. I then took a deep breath and I found myself returning to mystical moon. The cocoon unravels, but now I am different. I have changed. The message continues. For within you, the life of this indigenous young man lives. 
for within you lies the wisdom of the crow. The past is past. Move upon this earth with the intention of the present, coexisting with the principles of unity. As the bowls continued to sing, I realized the crow was the young boy's power animal. The crow bridged the space of time that had connected me to both the crow and the young boy. As the boy ran through the field, I realized he was teaching me. I was learning the way of the crow, how to be crafty, how to be smart, how to take flight, how to hide among the fallen leaves of the landscape. And those were the skills I had engaged during the lockdown. I began to get very hot, and when that happens, I recognize it as an energy event. I know it is the burning, the transmutation of energy that no longer serves me. Within a few minutes, the bowls ended, and as a group, we debriefed. And when I told my story, Laurie told us that crows are very common at Mystical Moon. They see them all the time around the store. As I left, I realized how significant this event was for me. Once I got home, I looked at the spiritual meaning of crows. I learned that they are an intermediary between this world and the spirit world. Well, that certainly rang true. I also read that crows are the bringers of messages from beyond. Yep, I could check that one off too. Crows carry immense wisdom, power, and transformation beneath their wings. They are incredibly beautiful, positive, and life-changing beings. As I became the crow and became the young indigenous man, I had stepped outside of the parameters of our 3D world. This out-of-body experience had allowed me to dip my toes into that divine river of spirit where time no longer exists as we know it. It gave me a chance to become part of that divine field of energy where everything is connected. It's that waveform that allows us to be in three places or more at the same time. I was the participant who transformed to a crow and then to a young man. I was the observer watching this from an aerial perspective. I was the scribe furiously writing as these experiences occurred in 3D real time. Bob Monroe from Monroe Institute begins most of his affirmations with one statement. I am more than my physical body. There is such wisdom in those words. When we begin having out-of-body experiences and we step outside the realms of the 3D, our world expands. We realize nothing is impossible. We can travel to the past to change the future. 
which might be what we experience now in the present. I think that's precisely what had happened with me and this Chico. When we step outside the parameters of the physical world, magic happens. It's not really magic. It's not even woo-woo. But it seems that way in comparison to our 3D lives. I'm sure you know those people who can always find parking spaces when no one else can. Now multiply that a hundred or a thousand fold. It's all about potential. It's choosing our future by healing our past. It's learning to see without using our eyes. It's learning to hear beyond what our ears can measure. But most importantly, it's learning to trust our hearts and allowing that powerful organ to guide us into the sacred realms of the divine where we can find truth. Enjoy the journey. Thank you for tuning in and until next time. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Reluctant Messenger. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, remember, how we use our personal energy is what defines us. Bring in those vibrations of love and gratitude and see how your life will change.